Welcome into Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, everywhere else you're on uh, social media. We're Nationals on demand sports network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show and for you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, one 15-minute workout. Equals over five hours in the weight room. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai. If you want a new ride, head out to see them in Lebanon at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle for your brand new hardwood floors and finishings. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're at CalvinAndSubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute. BoneAndJointTN.org. The region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So, Zach, I was thinking about this uh, after we had our pre-show conversation and Whenever I think of the Titans 2020 defense, three things really come to mind. The uh, first one is a lack of pass rush personnel. The second one is, unfortunately, Jonathan Joseph playing 10 yards off the ball at safety depth and giving up everything underneath him. I, Cincinnati, that yeah. that's the yeah. glaring game in my mind from yeah. Jonathan Joseph. We, we watch every game together, but... Yeah, I remember you just going nuts. Just, I, I, every play, just bitching about John. Well, you couldn't Joseph. even see him on the I, screen. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're <laughs> when you're not in the broadcast television angle as a corner, uh, you're you're playing too far off on third and four. And then the the third thing, Zach, is uh, Kevin Byard's lack of communication comments that he had over the course of the season, where. You know, it, it was never the player's fault, according to Mike Vrabel, but Kevin Byard kept saying it's a lack of communication, having communication issues out there. And now Shane Bowen gets elevated officially as D coordinator. Everybody loses their mind, but what's your opinion on my three things that I remember about the defense last year? Yeah, I would add an honorable mention for our man, Mike Clay, who <laughs> he got destroyed yesterday. Yeah, Mike Clay had a day. Mike Clay absolutely did have a day. And the funny thing is, and I think we were tagged in this, um, shout out to Hunter Morgan, yeah. who tagged us in the next-gen stats. Just coincidentally, <laughs> NFL had 10 top defensive disruptors in the 2020 season. You really can't find Jadeveon Clowney on the list, but Bud Dupree is five yeah, above Aaron Donald. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Mike Clay. Uh, but the one thing my honorable mention that you missed out of your three okay. is Rashawn Evans. And maybe his lack of taking the next step and more taking a slight half step back in his progression as a first-round middle linebacker for the Tennessee Titans, I really thought that he was going to ascend possibly into Pro Bowl status but he never did that. And that ultimately, not only did he did he not do that, his penalties hurt the Titans' defense on multiple occasions last year. So I think that deserves an honorable mention, but I think you're three. I, I don't disagree with any of them. Right, yeah, yeah. But, but Mike Clay takes in all the stats. So therefore, according to NFL.com, Bud Dupree is absolutely an upgrade over to Davian Clowney. But hey, different companies, different opinions. Mike Clay is just one man opinion. So I was listening to the Tighten Up podcast last week, which I always listen to it on Thursdays. And so I'm going to get to this week's episode today uh, with Jack Gentry and Luke Warsham. And last week they had 
uh, our guy Teron Davenport on the show from ESPN.com. And uh, Teron and Luke were going back and forth about some media availabilities they had and about Teron Davenport asking a question to Mike Vrabel a couple weeks ago about his transition from position coach to defensive coordinator. And really, Teron brought up something that I don't think we've really talked about before, about the issue of last year and what Shane Bowen was not able to do throughout the practice week. So here is Teron Davenport on the Titan Up podcast last week. I asked him what the difference was for him when he went from position coach to coordinator. I remember that. Yeah. To go from position to position. You know why? Because that's what Shane Bowen did. And mm-hmm. in, in doing that, right, you talk about the communication, starting with the defensive coordinator. Well, I'll tell you what, if the coordinator is able to work with this group, yes. this group yeah, and this group during practice, guess what you could do? Sprinkle your understanding, your philosophy on each of those groups. That wasn't mm-hmm. happening last year. So I think that could be a difference. But at the end of the day, in, in my opinion, like players, you've you got to – that when there's calls, you got to relay your call to, to the next guy. You got to, you, you could, the coaches could show them all that they want. If you're not seeing it and, and making the checks, you know, so it's a two way street. And I think that's something that will be better for this coaching staff as far as uh, Bowen is concerned, being able to work with all of the groups and talk to all of the groups every day in practice as opposed to just during their, their team meetings. So I thought that was interesting, Zach. And basically, Tron Davenport saying that without the D coordinator title last year, Shane Bowen was working mostly with the outside linebackers, not floating around all the position groups like a natural defensive coordinator would. And plus, with the COVID implications and restrictions of what they were able to do, team meetings last year were virtual over Zoom or Teams or whatever the NFL sponsorship deal is for their streaming service. So I thought that was really interesting. And and I'm curious to get your input on on what you think about that because I heard that last week and I immediately thought, I need to use this and save this for this upcoming week. And and Zach, I don't know if you've ever thought about that because I hadn't thought about that before hearing from Tehran. But before I get your reaction... I'm going to tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. They can do so many different things for you and your family financially, whether it's extra cash flow coming in every month from renting out your property, long-term equity, which means long-term wealth. Maybe your son or daughter needs a place to rent out or you. They've got inventory across the mid-state, all types of homes. Uh, right there for you. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. We are powered by BetMGM, our title sponsor here on the morning show. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. Get a risk free bet up to $600. You cannot beat that. I took my $500, turned it into two grand. You could turn $600, possibly turn it into even more. Download the app today. BetMGM, NBA basketball playoffs going on. Luca trying to upset the Clippers. As he did last night, they're up 3-2. A lot of great storylines. Anthony Davis or Anthony Street Clothes Davis, as Charles Barkley likes to call him, coming back possibly tonight to get the Lakers tied at 3-3 or they may be going home. So lots of great storylines. Download the app today. Bet MGM. Use that promo code for a risk-free $600 bet. Zach, what do you think about that? What do you think about Teron's comments about yeah. Shane, Shane Bowen was not floating around the different position groups last year 
because he was not the D coordinator. He was the, we know, we do know that he called plays last year in the games and all of these meetings were virtual. And I, and I brought up the Kevin Byard communication comments for a reason, because I remember Kevin Byard saying that in a post game after a loss, the defense gave up points. And I thought, well, there's the lack of communication. If Shane Bowen, who's calling the plays on game day, isn't able to and isn't floating around the different positional groups in practice, how are you working through those issues? First of I, all, whose fault is it? I mean, Mike Vrabel's? Yes. Yeah. That's Mike Vrabel's fault. Look, I, I'm, I'm split on – I think it's partial, partial reason, partial excuse. Because, look, he was, he was working with the outside linebackers. They blew – they were no well, good. He was lack of pass rush person. Lack of pass rush personnel was the first thing I mentioned in the in the woes of last year, right? Right. So I, I understand that philosophy, but it's Mike Vrabel's fault. At the end of the day, Mike Vrabel has to take responsibility of that trash of a defense he put out on the field last year, and I think that he got. I honestly, I don't think Mike Vrabel. Uh, it's certain emotions. I bet you he somewhat was embarrassed by the way they played at times and how they could not cover anybody. They couldn't get to the quarterback, and they went toe-to-toe with the Houston Texans to go to overtime when they had no business in Week 17 doing that, and the reason was was because their defense was god-awful. So I, a little bit of embarrassment went by, but – that's Mike Bravel's responsibility. It's his fault. If and and he said it himself. Also, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. After the season was done, Mike Vrabel had a press conference, and whether he downplayed or upplayed or some played or wrongly played, yeah. the way that he went about this defensive coordinator Shane Bowen deal. And it was like he wanted to protect him because the defense was so bad. I'm talking about Shane Bowen. Right. But it, but at the same time, he he shot himself in the foot yeah. if this was the case. It was a botched job towards the media and the fan base all last year because it was who's the defensive coordinator, who's calling the plays. And so I'm going to read through a, a couple uh, comments about this, and, and maybe we'll <clears throat> replay or I'll just reiterate what Teron was saying. Teron Davenport <clears throat> excuse me, said last year it wasn't happening where Shane Bowen was not going around to the different position groups uh, during practice because he was coaching outside linebackers. Like he was the outside linebackers coach who just happened to also call plays for the entire defense on game days. But when you're called, when you're coaching the outside linebackers, you can't just leave them and go walk over and say, Hey, what's up safeties and work on that communication. So well, unless you sit down with Mike Vrabel and say, look, what am I? What right. do you want me to well, do? And, and, we don't and know that what... takes some nuts to do that. But sure. at the end of the day, you've got to go out. And if you really care about this team, then you got to go tell Mike Vrabel, the head coach, look, I can't do my job if I'm yeah. just worrying about the, these bad outside linebackers. Well, right. And so uh, then Teron also added that the, really the only opportunity that Bowen was getting with every position group was in team meetings, which were virtual. And G-Man says, but every team dealt with the virtual video meetings last year. Yeah, but not every team had a first-time defensive play caller who wasn't actually the coordinator who was only coaching one position group, right? Like, that way, it was set up to no fail. No one cares. Right, no, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just admitting and showing and saying this today. It was set up to fail last year 
with everything that was happening, with the COVID restrictions being kind of the cherry on top that just made it extra difficult, but with the overall situation of not giving Shane Bowen the ability to be a successful play caller because he was specifically the outside linebackers coach and not able to do all the things that a defensive coordinator is supposed to do and has to do. Yeah, so I, again, I don't disagree with what Teron is saying and that bit of information hindered the Titans' defense from maybe being better than it could be. But at the end of the day, and I think it was Rob uh, that said it earlier in the comment section, uh, and he kind of blamed the players. Yeah, yeah, well, we absolutely blame the players. And that, that, the that's players. the key of this, well, right? Yeah, now, and now they have seven new starters on defense, and so we're actually going to see this year. Somebody also said no excuses this year. And let's go ahead and play this video because Teresa Walker asked Shane Bowen yesterday how his job has changed. And conveniently, Teron followed that question up with what we've just talked about, about jumping around the different position groups in practice and how that will impact everything. So here's Bowen yesterday. I mean, it's changed. It's definitely changed. Just the uh, the position, the title, the stuff that comes with it, um, having control over the whole unit. Um my perspective on everything, making sure we're all on the same page, seeing things the same way, and be, ultimately being the final voice, right? Um, so it has changed in that regard. It's been great. Players have been great. Um, we're doing a lot of new things, a lot of different things, um, just in how we go about our day, how we go about our business, and then obviously schematically some things change as we go with all the new personnel and everything else. So uh, it's been good up to this point. Uh, Teron? Yeah, Coach, looking at you at practice, uh, you're going from group to group. That's something that you didn't get to do before. How much does that allow you to really, you know, sprinkle your, your flavor on, on this overall defense? Yeah, it helps a bunch. I mean, I, I think first and foremost, it helps um, just with the relationship with all the players across the board, getting there, seeing them work, seeing how they work. Being able to, we always talk about take stuff from the meeting room to individual to group to team and seeing all those different techniques we talk about that we show on film and being able to talk through that stuff with them on the field as well. Uh, honestly, if you can correct things in the moment, it's always better than doing it after the fact. Um, but I think it's been, it's been great for me to do just in terms of building these relationships with these guys and kind of continuing forward to taking that leadership role on the whole unit. So that's Shane Bowen yesterday uh, answering Teresa Walker and Teron <clears throat> Davenport's uh, question. Now, that video brought to you by Columbia. Uh, but anyway, so I, I do think I, – I do think – Columbia or <laughs> or like Columbia? Yeah, PF. Columbia, Tennessee? No, Columbia, the university. No, I'm kidding. No, Columbia, the, the gear, the outdoor gear. But again, like I, I do think it's important, right? I think that's real. I think I think the why and that's the title of the show is the I think one reason why you should expect the Titans defense to be better is not just the personnel. They will have better personnel on defense. Well, they better have better personnel on defense with all the moves they've made. But I think the main reason why you should expect the Titans defense to improve under Shane Bowen this year is he's actually going to be able to execute the job as defensive coordinator and being and now Teron said it watching him at practice last week he was seeing him go from position group to position group where all the practices Teron watched last year he wasn't able to do that 
because he was coaching outside linebackers. I think, I, I think, you know, we asked big deal, small deal, no deal. I think that's, that's a big deal here. It's a big deal with, with how they can work this defense as a unit because it felt like it was a broken defense from a communication standpoint last season, not just the personnel. I'll tell you what a bigger deal is. And I, I think based on this show really opened my eyes to a new opinion that maybe I have about the Titans defense and why it was so bad last year. And I do think it will improve this year based on the things that we are. We already know, but let me, I'll tell you that big deal. Cause I, I again, I, I kind of, as listening to both Teron, Teresa's question, and then Bowen answer both of those questions, I kind of came to a realization of a possible flaw over the last two seasons. Uh, so I'm going to tell you that, but first I am going to tell you about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Hyundai Palisade, the Sonata, the Elantra, the Santa Fe. They've got SUVs and four-door sedans galore. But that brand-new full-size SUV is the 2021 Hyundai Palisade. Full, full. I'm talking third-row seating. I'm talking bucket seats, captain seats right in the back. And all the bells and whistles. They've got different modes, snow mode, sport mode, normal mode. They've got uh, the radio on the dash. You talk about Apple CarPlay. They have the bells and whistles, but it's a great-looking SUV. Throw away your mother's minivan that your wife's driving. That's a problem. Replace that bad boy with a brand-new 2021 Hyundai Palisade at a great price. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM every morning. Download the app. Use code ATOZ Sports. Get a risk-free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet. That's code ATOZ Sports for a risk-free bet up to $600 with your first deposit and first bet when you sign up. I, you know how in uh, baseball when a, a pitcher's having a really good game and nobody's on base and everybody in the dugout just doesn't talk about it? That's that's how I am right now with BetMGM this week. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Things are looking pretty good. NBA action tonight. A to Z Sports Pick Show coming up tomorrow afternoon on a Friday. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. Must be present in Tennessee for gambling problem support. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Zach, you mentioned a new perspective on the Titans defense that your mind has been opened up to today. What is that? I think it's a form of overcompensation by Mike Vrabel. I think it's a little freakout mode. What happened was Dean Pease, when Mike Vrabel took the head coaching job of the Tennessee Titans, he went out and got, got Dean Pease, he got Kerry Coombs, he got trusted defensive guys so he didn't have to worry. Now, he was also dealing with Marcus Mariota, and you had to retool the offense. Well, that changed with Ryan Tannehill. Once Ryan Tannehill jumped on the scene, the offense was less of a problem. The issue was when Dean Pease left, it looks, smells, and sounds like Mike Vrabel became more of the micromanager on defense and was unable with the COVID constraints to get the defense to where they needed to be. And here's the caveat on top of not having the correct players. So yeah. it literally was a perfect storm to get the 28th-ranked defense having to cut players a la Jonathan Joseph, 
having to trade four players, a la Desmond King, in the middle of the year. I think this is a Mike Vrabel. It's a bad job by Mike Vrabel. I understand it. I understand what it, what it why it happens. But this, I think, is a little... He's trying to rectify maybe some of the mistakes over the last 365 days because of COVID and personnel and coaching staff turnover to kind of get more settled in Because when a head coach, and I'll speak to Mike Vrabel, when a head coach, I guarantee he'll say this, when he doesn't have to have his hands on everything and he can manage the empire, usually things work a lot better. But when you're having to go fix, and we know this as company owners, Austin, put out fires. There's nothing that drives me more crazy when I have to do something to help the company go up to go put out a little, little fire. But that is what it is. I think that was a big impact in how COVID was managed and this defensive coordinating job over the last year was managed by Mike Vrabel, and we saw the results, and they weren't very good. Yeah, like COVID, <clears throat> the COVID restrictions definitely hurt the situation, but even if it was not a COVID-restricted year for how they operated in the building, I still think it was set up to struggle. The defense was going to be set up to, to fail last year because of the uh, lack of flexibility for Shane Bowen to be the best play caller he could be. Now I think they're moving towards fixing it. And so you talk about coaching turnover. That's always going to happen. But for Mike Vrabel as a head coach, he lost two key cogs in his defensive staff. They were really good in Dean Pease and Coombs. And you had to replace those massive in, in a trust. year already <clears throat> built in trust too. Yeah, and no doubt because of the the playing for Dean Pease as a player and coaching with Coombs at Ohio State and having that familiarity and, and knowing that those guys can take care of their jobs and then replacing them with a guy who's Shane Bowen who's never done it before. The, the secondaries coach had to be replaced by a couple different guys and how they split up the safeties and corners last year. And so it was just a drop off in a year where. They didn't have flexibility because of how they were restricted with COVID protocol. And so I, I do I do feel a lot more confident moving forward in the defense overall. Because Daryl brings up that the outside linebackers were garbage last year too with Shane Bowen coaching them. Well, that's because Jadavian Clowney was doing his own thing, freelancing, you know, hurt his knee. Vic Beasley <clears throat> was a, a terrible free agent signing. They had Harold Landry, and that's about it, right? Like, you just did not have the the bodies to rely on. Rashawn Evans takes a step back. Jayon Brown starts to play really well, then gets hurt. You see a lot of things that make sense of why they were struggling. Adoree Jackson goes down with a, a freak surprise secret injury right before the season starts. And now you have to play 34-year-old Jonathan Joseph who had no business making the roster in the first place. There's no excuse this year, and that's the best part. That's why I think Titans fans are excited to hold their their team accountable because you have Bud Dupree, a premier premier pass rusher. You have Harold Landry, uh, now a a seasoned vet going into – now, he's not a 10-year season vet, but he's got a lot of experience because he's played a lot of snaps – Big Jeff con- is big and Jeff. Landry's in a contract year too, right? Autry comes in there. I think he upgrade over Daquan Jones. I think he can play very, very well for him. 
The inside linebackers have to prove their value and the worth, just like we know, but the back half of the secondary has completely changed. No more Vaccaro, Adori, Malcolm Butler, those guys gone, gone, and gone. You've got Amani Hooker, in which they drafted. They like him, and I think we all do, of what he's shown. And then you got new faces on the outside that they've drafted or picked up in free agency. Retool defense with now the correction, it sounds like, in giving – it's like Mike Vrabel was was – was looking at Shane Bowen and treating him like he was 15 on his driver's permit instead of 16 with his driver's license. Yeah. Uh, now, sweet 16. Now he's got the keys to himself. Right? Now he's got the keys to the car, it sounds like. Now, does he still have, I don't know uh, about you, Zach, but when I was when I was 16 growing up, I believe the 16-year-old curfew was 11 p.m. Uh, for for the for the city that I lived in, so I don't know if if you had that as well. I didn't whether even... you whether you acknowledge it or not, if you got pulled over at sixteen driving by yourself after eleven, you could get a ticket. But uh, I never, I, I had no idea. I didn't really. I, I never. To be honest, this is. Uh, I never had a curfew in my life. Well, no, I'm, no, you you probably did. Not by your parents. Like my parents didn't have a curfew on me, but I'm saying like the city of Brentwood had a curfew on sixteen year olds driving. That, that was just a thing. But regardless, uh, let's see. Uh, what they don't know, don't hurt them. Yeah. Ronnie says that they have to stop dropping Landry in coverage. Yeah. Let your pass rushers pass rush. Dom says have to really improve the inside linebackers. And David Long's a part of this as well. And David Long's more like Rashawn Evans, but size like Jayon Brown. So what's his role? Because Brown and Evans are both in, in, uh, in contract years. So, yeah, there's a – there's a lot of pressure on Shane Bowen because everything else is set up to be better this year. Well, everything else has been fixed, quote-unquote, that was, quote-unquote, the problem said by the coaching staff, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, right, that... Which and 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 personnel like the players were a definite big issue last year. Like Jonathan Roster Joseph, Breon Borders, Ty Smith, those guys were problems. Vic Beasley was an issue, and everybody behind Harold Landry was also an issue. Uh, and, but now they fixed that. And but what I feel very strongly about today is that last year was a bad job of management and setting up your guys to be successful. And that I don't think Shane Bowen was set up to be successful last year as a play caller. He might not have been the defensive coordinator, but damn it, we know for a fact he was calling the plays on game day. And he was not set up to succeed in doing that job last well, year. Well, this is something that, and I, I don't want to speculate completely, but we don't know. And based on a little bit of like what Wesley Woodyard has said right. in the past about Vrabel maybe stepping in a little bit too much when the defense didn't feel like he needed to, to say, uh, if that makes sense, is uh, we don't know how much control or lack thereof Shane Bowen had over the play calls fully. Yeah. Right? Did if they got into a pinch on a third down, was Mike Vrabel on the microphone saying, "Hey, don't run this, run this." I don't know. Uh, we do not know. All we can all we can know is what we've heard and the results. But I, I don't know. I 
We'll see this year. Yeah. I do believe that they will improve from 28th overall. Yeah, they have to. So let's ask this question. What is your confidence level in Shane Bowen as Titans defensive coordinator this season? So what is your confidence level in Shane Bowen as Titans defensive coordinator this season? We always play this game. It's a 1 through 10 gauge. What's your confidence level in Shane Bowen this year as Titans DC now that he actually has the title. But first, let me tell you guys about Man Do the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout. 15 minutes. You could have gotten two workouts done at Man Do since we started the show. That 15 minutes uh, simulates five-plus hours in the weight room because of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. It targets all of your muscle groups, all those muscle fibers, and leaves the pressure off your joints, your bones, anything that could be an old injury and builds stronger muscle and targets that hard to burn body fat, mandu.com. It is for everybody. Your first workout's free in shape, out of shape, young, old, injured, healthy. Doesn't matter. Mandu is for you at mandu.com. A to Z sports. Don't forget. We are powered by bet MGM. You can see right there in the middle of the screen code ATOZ sports for a risk-free $600 bet. Today, use that promo code, download the app. It is uh, a, a ton of fun winning some money. It's good. The highs, the rush, the highs, the lows. Bet MGM, our title sponsor here on the morning show. Download the app today. All right. So, what is your confidence level one through 10 in Shane Bowen as Titans D coordinator this season? I'm trying to scroll back to the top of the comments, but you guys have flying them in there. So, Rob says, five right in the fence. Zach Goodman just off the board at zero. Donald says three. Christopher says he's at a seven. Steve on the fence there with Rob at a five. Lane with a 6.8. Guy says he's at a shaky three. I think most threes are shaky based on the nature of a three. Donald says five. Ronnie four. G-Man four. Jarvis with with a lot of fence riders today. Justin's just jumped over the fence. At 5.5. Don with a 7 out of 10. Johnny, 8.5. Brandon with a 5. 3 from Joe. Uh, Keelan says his confidence is a top 15 defense, which that's pretty high confidence. If you're going to go from 28th in total defense to top 15, that's a significant jump uh, there overall. Scott says 40%, so we'll translate that to a 4. Buddy with a 6.5. Josh with a 6.5. Joseph with a 6. Nate with a four on YouTube. Zach, what is your confidence level in Shane Bowen as you guys continue to comment yours one through ten? Well, mine's not nowhere near. It's not near an eight or nine or ten. It's nothing like that. But here's what I will say. And I, I've been. I, I did not think retaining Shane Bowen was the right decision. Uh, I've stood on that for a while. But the coach and John Robinson decided that that would be the best decision for their football team. I have maintained that the Titans' defense will be better this year, right? Because they're starting from the bottom, 28th overall in team defense. I'm at a 5.1. Uh, I'm not on the fence. And the point one is the benefit of the players. Can they put this together? I do believe that the defense will be better without the hassle of Jadeveon Clowney and Vic Beasley. I think they'll be better without the age of Kenny Vaccaro running slower angles to get uh, to get th and make the tackle without a hurt Adoree Jackson. I think that they will be better without Jonathan Joseph. Obviously, that is uh, just stated. So 
they'll improve. I'm at a 5.1 in confidence level. I don't know how much. I don't think they're going to be a top 15 or a top 10 defense, but they could surprise us. Yeah. Um, so Johnny says, jo- Johnny says it all depends on how much control Vrabel gives Bowen and allows him to be able to do his job. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. It sounds like he's giving him more control. Yeah. And, and, because Shane Bowen literally said yesterday in the He's comment that we played, in the comment that, he, that we played, that he has final say now <laughs> over the defense, over the scheme, over everything. And a couple comments: Sean says Zach is as close to that fence as humanly possible. And then Dom says, "Are you scratching your back on that fence, buddy?" <laughs> when you're five point one. Well, this this is the this is the biggest question mark of the team. Like, we know that the wide wide receivers aren't very good outside of A.J. Brown. We know that. We know that the combination of Firk and Swain and whoever else they put in a tight end is not going to be great. We know that. The one question mark is, how much better is this defense going to be? Right. So, here's, like, I believe, because we're asking this question specifically about Shane Bowen, right? Shane Bowen is the question, not the personnel. Because the personnel is better, and the personnel should be better at getting off the field on third down, sacking and pressuring the quarterback, creating turnovers. They were actually pretty good at that last year. So my confidence level in Shane Bowen, I'm going with a six. It's not that high, but it's over your fence. I think I'm at a six because I think there's a lot to learn from last year. A lot of times you learn more from your failures than your victories and I think Shane Bowen will learn a lot from what went wrong last year and be able to put that in place with better players to have a much better defense and a much more solid foundation of a defensive unit compared to what they were not getting last year so I'm at a six I will say I wouldn't have been at a 5.1 over the fence. I would have been below if I hadn't have heard what I heard yesterday and, and, and really today, this morning. Look, today right? was a – I think the fact that we – today we're talking about that Shane Bowen was not going from position group to position group last year as the play caller and now that he is, that alone is a big deal, guys. Like I really do feel like – the communication issues that Kevin Byer was talking about and other players were talking about last year can help be worked through because of that fact alone throughout the week of practice. Because what did what did Bowen say? In the answer to Teron, it was always, well, it's, it's a lot easier to fix the problems in the moment than after the fact. You can't fix a problem in the moment in the third quarter on, on Sunday, but you can fix the problem on a Thursday practice. Like That just makes me feel much better. And and Dom is right in, in the second half. He says that's why th- they were as low as they were on the power rankings. And you go back to these power rankings that we, we put up, ESPN's power rankings, May 2021. The Titans are 10th. If they have a sustainable defense that people are confident in, I think they go up to six. And if they have Julio Jones, I think they could jump up to four. Now, the Bills, Bucks, and Chiefs, I don't think you're going to surpass with a better defense than Julio Jones. I just don't think so. But look at the the teams. The question marks of the L.A. Rams, the disgruntledness of the Green Bay Packers, the question mark of the highs and lows of Lamar Jackson, the Browns are the Browns, the Seahawks have defensive issues, 
The San Francisco 49ers don't have a quarterback. And then here we are with the Tennessee Titans. Well, so to Dom's point, I, that makes a, that's the thing that is missing. You said the Browns are the Browns, and the Browns are really good right now. The roster for the Browns is deep and solid. Offensive line, the defensive front seven is very good. And it's all on Baker Mayfield taking that next step. We talked a lot about Baker last year. And that's the question mark, yesterday. Austin. That's yesterday. what we said. Right. So, But for me, the Titans, it's all about – we obviously know the Chiefs and the Bills are the class of the AFC. Then it's the threesome of the Titans, Browns, and Ravens to be that next group. And can that number three team, how close can they be to the top class of Chiefs-Bills? With a better defense than Julio Jones, best damn believe the Tennessee Titans can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And And, and look, they're going to have a better defense. They just got to go get number 11. Or the Ocho Man, Julio well, yeah. Jones. Yeah, right. And Greg, Greg's not wrong. He says we're not seeing the Pats on there, and the Patriots might. We like the Patriots could be a lot better. Should be a lot better this year. Cam Newton. Yeah, but also the defense is coming back because the half of the defense opted out last year. The defense is coming back. The Patriots will be better than their seven and nine last year. Cam Newton. Mac Jones. I don't know. Yeah, but but Cam Newton can start you in a two and four hole. That, that's the difference for the Patriots. And if Cam Newton does, in fact, start 4-2, then you're on to something. Right. But because of what, the way Cam Newton has played in the last several years, you know, if I told you Cam Newton started the Patriots out 2-4, and four, would you be shocked? No. No, you wouldn't. Right. All right, Zach, you mentioned Julio. How high could the Titans climb if they got Julio and this defense is much improved? Now, now we're talking about joining the Chiefs and the Bills closer to that top AFC group there. So uh, I'm going to play a video from Ian Rappaport about the Julio Jones timeline. And I I get what Rappaport is saying, but I I don't really agree with it that much. But Zach, first tell everybody about Calvin and Suttle. I will. Calvin and Suttle is where you need to go to get your hardwood floors here in Middle Tennessee. 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsuttle.com. Hardwood and finishings. We feature these bad boys all the time on the show. Get your hardwood floor. Knock on wood if you're with me. Oh, yeah, right there. Everybody's with me. Everybody needs new hardwood floors if they have disgusting old carpet, if they've got scuffed up hardwood floors now, or if you want to renovate and redo and reimagine your kitchen. Your wife does. I can tell you that. Go ask your wife when you get home from work today or if she's in the house. Say, hey, would you like to upgrade this kitchen? Uh, She's going to say yes. One way to do that is with brand new hardwood flooring, 615-448-6414. It is very easy. It's simple. And it's cost effective. So it's a great question. It's CalvinAndSuttle.com. A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. Don't forget code ATOZ Sports when you download and sign up today. Use the code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet. Zach turned that into 2,000 plus bucks. Uh, I, I actually turned that into $200 because I just put $100 in. Zach played a little bigger than I did at the beginning. But risk free bet up to 600 bucks is a great opportunity for you at BetMGM. Uh, right there. So, Zach, I'm going to play this video from Ian Rappaport. Uh, this was from two days ago about the June 1st timeline and the overall timeline 
for a Julio Jones trade as it is now June 3rd and nothing's happened. Well, MJ, where it stands with Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons is essentially where it has been. The Falcons, uh, as of course you mentioned, Julio Jones asked he wants to be traded. The Falcons, because he asked, are listening to offers now. And what they really could have done is at any point over the course of the last couple weeks, even before the draft, struck a deal with a team interested in trading for Jones. What today means, what after 4 p.m. today, post-June 1 means, is that they can actually execute this deal. This is a salary cap situation. Had they tried to do a Julio deal before today, it would have been a 23-plus million dollar cap hit. The Falcons could not have done that. They don't even have space to sign their draft picks. After June 1, they can spread out, as you mentioned, the cap hit over the couple of years. So it would be $7.75 million essentially over the next three years, which is to say, this is not a June 1st deadline. This is a June 1st opening the door for the Falcons to really start looking at the possibility of executing a trade. My understanding, though, is there is nothing imminent right now. I mean, yes, any team could call and offer them what they want, offer them a first-round pick, then they'd really be in the ballpark. Otherwise, the Falcons don't actually need the salary cap space until they sign their draft picks, which they don't need to do until right before training camp. So new general manager Terry Fontenot can be patient. He can wait and sift through offers, wait to see if something happens to get someone to up their offer. Otherwise, he's really just going to wait and let the market come to him. So we will see if this ends up happening. So factually, Rappaport is correct. Like They don't have to have the cap space. They don't have to sign their draft class until right before training camp. But that would be a massive risk for the Atlanta Falcons, who currently have a half a million bucks of cap space to not sign their draft class until that late. There would be a big risk. They're also having a risk when it comes to uh, a player getting hurt in an OTA or a mini camp and not being able to go out there to the open market and find a replacement. Like it just like, I get what Rappaport is saying that nothing is imminent, but good Lord, them waiting until late July, right before camp to do something would be a way too risky of a move to wait that long. I think it happens in the month of June, right? Like not July or late July, but at least in this month of June, it's going to happen. And I saw somebody say, Adam Schefter said this morning, this is from E.G. Barrow. Schefter said this morning that he thinks it'll be traded within a week from today, maybe. But I think it's definitely this month. Uh, see, I think, that, that was a timeline report. That's all it was. I, I don't look any more into that of Ian Rappaport saying that this is going to happen or that is going to happen. The simply it, going on NFL Network, which you probably did about four times in the last week on Julio Jones, that was just a factual report based on a timeline of what the Falcons can well, but he, But he did end that with Terry Fontenot is going to sit and let it come to him. Like, that's what he ended it with, that Fontenot was... Look, is, uh, it's like me saying, oh, well, they're going to try to get the best deal they possibly can. Well, no, well, I, no you... <laughs> I almost cussed, right? Like, no, Sherlock, we get it. You're like, come on. So I, I think that was a, just a, a blanket report. It didn't really matter. He's just stating the obvious. There's nothing to report. I think that was a report based on nothing to report. So the only thing that you can report is the timeline of something that is reportable. And that makes a lot of sense if you actually listen to what I said. Yeah. 
I listened to what you said. I also listened to what Rappaport saying, and he's not just going up there to like on NFL Network for a minute and a half to give a timeline update. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think in he, that what, report, I think I think what he did there is gave us the truth of the actual timeline of when the Falcons have to have their picks signed by and when they need the space, and also put it in there that nothing's imminent and that Fontenot is not just going to rush to get this thing done, that he's going to be patient, and that it could draw out. And try so, to get the best deal he no, can. I, again, I, I disagree with what Rapport's saying. I, somehow I find myself trying to defend it, but I don't know. But, uh, but <laughs> I, I think it's going to happen in June, not in July or late July, like Rapport was just saying there. He wasn't saying that was going to happen. He said that's just the timeline. I think this is a misconstrue of what you digested and understood what the report was. I think that's all that was. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I do understand what you're saying of that you disagree with Ian Rappaport. Yes. But Ian Rappaport wasn't saying anything that was that great to disagree with. That's well, all. I saw a lot of people on Tuesday when when this was said being like, oh, God, we're going to have this for another month and a half. And I'm just here to say, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I Because here's the problem. Here's the problem. Last night, Zach, I, had a dr- I dreamt that Julio Jones trade happened. And so that's, the, that's where we are in this thing. We've talked about Julio Jones nearly every other day, if not every day, for the last month and it's getting to me of how this hasn't happened yet. And I'm just, I want this thing to happen sooner rather than later so we can react to it and move on with whatever is next. Well, it, it, it's the whole summer of last year with Jadeveon Clowney. It happens every year. It seems like with cusp teams like the Tennessee Titans are right. They're not always a cusp team. They have been over the last five plus years, but They used to be bad, and they weren't in the running for these. Now, and this is the unique part about it, Austin, I love how we have this platform and all these people to talk to and for them to talk to us and get their opinion, is that this is what it is. Now, premier players are wanting to go to Tennessee because I think organizationally they are respected. Mike Vrabel is a known commodity, and they've got a good team. The Tennessee Titans are a good quality football team. They're not a great football team. They're they're a, at times they can be feared. You don't want to play the Tennessee Titans in a physical grinded out type match late in December. That's a fear. So Julio Jones, I think, sees. Uh, uh, I think he looks at the Tennessee Titans and sees opportunity to do something that the Atlanta Falcons can't give him. He sees Derrick Henry, as Ken says, yep. and he sees an opportunity to win and take a team from here all the way to where they want to be. And the Titans, the, he's not going to the Chiefs, the Bucks, or the Bills. He's not going there. So he's got to look at the second-tier teams. Rams, out. Ravens, out. We don't know much about the Colts, but they don't have a first they, – they may not have a first-round pick to give up, if that is even in the conversation. Julio – I, I, the Titans make the most sense to me. And I, that's why well, my percentages kept climbing over the last several weeks. Well, and G Man says the Falcons really aren't in the driver's seat. As the team who is looking to trade away Julio Jones and has to trade away Julio Jones, I kind of agree with G Man there because the reports that came out 
last Thursday from Diana Rossini when we were at Wilson County Hyundai, where the, the Falcons have a first round pick on the table. Like that obviously came from the Atlanta Falcons, right? I think I, it was I think, a lie. Well, I, no, I don't think it was a lie. I just think it was a partial truth <laughs> where I think a first round pick might have been on the table, but that wasn't the entire picture of the deal where it might have been a first round pick and Julio Jones and a third round pick to whoever was offering the first round pick. You see what so I'm a partial truth is not a lie. No, if, if a first-round pick was on the table and that's what was reported and a first-round pick was on the table, then it's it's a partial truth. It's not the whole picture, but it's not a lie. If a first-round pick was actually on the table for a part of an offer, then that's a true report. Is on the table a part of an offer? Yes. If, like, if... No, just, I disagree. I think I looked it on the table. This is why I called it out the day that that was reported. I said, look, I think that this is... The Falcons are doing this as a big fat phony to oh, improve their we, draft. We, Zach, we all the, said the that. Like we all said that. But I think on the table just means that maybe I think the Falcons can justify as on the table if the Falcons asked for a first round pick. No, uh, that's not what was reported though. And, and again, if Diana Rossini is saying Team X has offered a fir- as a first round pick on the table for Julio Jones, maybe Team X's offer is. We'll give you a first-round pick. The Falcons give uh, Team X, Julio Jones, and a third-round pick. That so a first-round pick being on the table is a true report. Like that is not incorrect. If it was on, that's all that was said. It's all about wording and phrasing and how something is presented. We all, you know that. No, Mr. I, Sales I under, guy. No, I understand that, but that's what I'm saying. And Patrick says a partial truth is a lie. No, it's not. A partial truth is not a lie. It's just not the whole story. I, I, it depends on what you're talking about, right? The impact. I was at dinner with a friend. Oh, well, that that's, friend was the person I was cheating on you with, right? That's a problem. Again, but that's not... Okay, that's, that, it's a partial truth. <laughs> but again, like, that's... Sure, that's a friend. I mean, yes, but again, like you're taking it completely. Like you're not wrong there, but it's a. But what am I? What are we talking about here? Uh, Like, if a first round pick was on the table, that's and that's true in whatever package it was. It's still true. I mean, you took it to left field, as Jay says. I'm just saying. I mean, but again, like that's still true. Like if you say you're at dinner with a friend and you're well, that's not. That's more than a friend. So that's actually no, well, a, no a, a friend. No, that's different. If you just said you're at dinner, this then truth. she's a friend. That that would be more than a friend, Zach. We all know that. That's more than a friend. You're taking it there. That's more than a friend. You could say a group of friends, and just so happens she would be sleeping then, with one. Then of there them. you go. Then that's that's better. But we're going down a rabbit hole that we probably don't need to keep going down. So, all right, Zach, let's go ahead. People have already asked in our in the chat, what's our updated percentage? What's the updated percentage chance that the Titans trade for Julio Jones? Because what were you at last time? I've I moved up to seventy five percent yesterday I, on my own. <laughs> uh, we didn't do the poll, but th- let's do the poll now. Okay. What chance do you think the Titans trade for Julio Jones? I was at 75%. What was your last percentage? My last percentage was uh, 45. No, okay. 50, 55. Did I go over the fence yet? We've done a lot of these things. You have gone over the fence. Was that at 55? I, I think that's about right. 
I keep up with my own percentages. I don't I keep up with your percentage. I, look, I keep up with our trivia record percentage, and that's a lot more complicated than my – well, I don't know. Julio, my Julio Jones uh, percentage is very complicated. There's I'm a pretty, lot of them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was at 55. I mean, I went from 5, 10, 21, 41, 51, 75, and that's where I am now. Actually, I think I'm – And I then I'm, I'm still – oh, actually, I, no, I, I'm up to 77 because of Lawan. That's right. You're at 77. I'm staying at 77 today. You're staying. Nothing has changed from you from Tuesday. It's only, well, yeah, it's only I, two days I was later. expecting that Ian Rappaport <laughs> report to change my mind, and it didn't. I didn't. T- I did, then that's on you because <laughs> I did not set up the Rappaport it's video. It's a joke. Okay. It's a joke. All right. <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed for me. I, I'm at what I was on Tuesday. Like, no, I was at 45%. So let's go to the comments. These people have, uh, and Aaron has been a hundred. I think the entire damn time. Aaron's just all in on this happening. Man, we have had a lot of percentage. Let's go down the list. Lane says eighty. Justin says still fifty-five. Ninety-eight for Sanford. Stephen says one hundred. Noah goes eighty-one. Steve says forty-nine. G-man on base goes fifty. Donald with seventy-eight. A hundred percent from Shane. So he's with Aaron. Christine says 78, 77. He, Lee, my man Lee is with me with Lawan. Nate says 85, still at 60 from Gregor, man. Aaron George says 70. We got a couple of 60s coming in, some 100s. Rich Op Defu says 82. So I, 83 from Steph. Guy says 75. Don at 64. These percentages are... Most of them are over 50. I think that's what we can calculate from what I just rambled off. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that the Titans are the leader in the clubhouse. I'll ask you this, Austin. The longer it goes out, you know how we, like, the reports, we have an influx. It's like a stock. Woo, woo. Well, man, we're going up. We're going up. Now it's kind of is it leveling? It's leveling for me because I'm at well, 77 again. J- Jalen says if you've changed your answer from Tuesday, you're just throwing numbers. LOL. Nothing happened for me. So we did this on on Tuesday, not yesterday. And I'm with G-Man. The Patriots, I think, are the team to watch here. I think it's between the Titans and the Patriots. That's well, logically the longer it goes, the worse I, I think the percentages will get. For the Titans? Yes. And here's, here's uh, Ty, uh, this is such a misconception. Ty says 10%. The Titans never pull the trigger on big moves. Well, when was the last time they actually traded big-time ca- draft capital for a big-time player? Well, they've never been in this specific position. But like, so he's not he, wrong. He did not, he did not say trades. They've no, what did he on, say? Put he the said big moves. Big moves. They've made big moves, Ty. They have signed – they signed – Bud Dupree, who tore his ACL in December to an $82.5 million deal over five years. So you have two different definitions of moves. Moves, I think what he is insinuating is a trade. The Titans have never done that. They've never traded for for somebody this this big. Well, trading in the NFL is fairly new. Like over the last, like less than the last 10 years, trading in the NFL is a, it's a much more common thing now than it was 20 years ago. It's always happened. It's always yeah, happened. No, I, I know it's always, trades that, always that, happened. I know John it's always Gruden, happened. John Gruden, Keyshawn like, Johnson. I mean. Uh, I'm just saying trades Reggie now. Wright. Trades now are more common than they were a couple, a handful of years ago. 
a couple decades ago. They are. Uh, we've talked about, we've had shows about this. The young GMs. There's all, they've each always other. big, big trades in the offseason in the NFL. Right. Always have. But the Titans Herschel have not Walker. been. I mean, I could go on and on. But I'm not wrong by saying, as as uh, Bobby says, blockbuster trades have become increasingly common. Yes. Right. But the Titans have never been a part of blockbuster trades. Zach, what the hell was trading the number one overall pick to the Rams? Draft capital, not for player, though. Those for more draft pick. This is unique. Well, this is being, a singular like, player to, that Zach, the Titans were in complete rebuild mode. Zach, here's what you're trying to do. You're trying to baseball stat this thing and saying that the right fielder hits 400 against left-handed pitchers in innings seven through nine. That is what you're – That's like the Titans have made big moves because the, the commenter said, Ty, says the Titans never pull the trigger on big moves. They have pulled the trigger on big moves – a lot since John Robinson has taken over as GM. That's the fact. Well, since John Robinson has taken over as GM is the caveat that you just baseballed this entire conversation. What? Well, We're talking about, I'm talking about, look, the Titans in the history of their franchise, they never trade pieces to get bigger pieces to go win Super Bowls. They don't do that. Never have, and we'll see if they ever will. And those are straight facts, homie. I, I think I think trading for Demarco Murray was a big deal. They got a great. They they stole Demarco Murray. They stole Ryan Tannehill. They stole Dennis Kelly. Like, but you, I mean, you're. I get what you're saying. They've never had like. Wh- how many times does another team trade for a Hall of Fame guy? Like who? Like who? Hall of Famers don't go in the trade block that often. Like Julio Jones is right now. No, like, but this this is the weapon and the piece that can get the Titans over the edge. This is what you do in the NBA. You And I agree, it is becoming more common in the NFL during the season now. But this is what it is, is how can you get that final piece to catapult you into the realm of top contender? I just think being pessimistic about the Titans not will, being willing to making big moves for the Julio Jones is, is not logical to me because the Titans have spent money on free agency. They've extended their own guys. They've drafted. They've put a lot of resources into this roster, big time dollars. So why would, why would they never pull the trigger on big moves? That's just not factually correct is my point here. Ty's being Ty is thinking about the Mike Reinfeldt days uh, back in the day where he wasn't, you know, making any big moves. John Robinson's made big moves. Whether that big move is defined by signing Jarrell Casey to a $60 million deal, extending Tannehill and Henry, signing Bud Dupree, or trading for potential Julio Jones, those are, would all be categorized as big moves. I, I, I would disagree. The, the big move to tri- – and Ryan Tannehill was a backup quarterback when he traded. When you sign players, it's not a big move, Austin – you have to sign players to big contracts. It's just the facts of the salary cap. Okay. You have to. That's not a sign- big move. Yes. Signing players is a big move. Every signing- team does it. Not necessarily. Like necessarily. Sign- <sighs> you can sigh all you want, but that's the facts, homie. You have to sign your players. You, there's a salary cap. You have to meet a requirement. All teams do. A big move, it, now it could be defined in a, a different way of a trade, but that is a move. 
You could sign a free agent. I would, yes, you could say That's you consider move. that. But yes, signing yeah. your own guys is not a big move. Okay, my bad. Signing Malcolm Butler to a $60 million deal was a big move, right? Am He's I am a free I agent? So signing free agents is not a move? What the hell are you talking about? That you know, is a are move. you not listening, dude? That's are you not listening? Move. You just said signing hey. Tannehill and Derrick Henry are big moves. Those are not big moves. Those, those are, are your own guys. Fairly, those are fairly okay. Then I gave you Malcolm Butler and you said no, it's a free agent, it doesn't count. I never said the free agent doesn't count. Did you not? You weren't listening. You were not listening, man. You got to listen. I I, I literally just said, Zach, I just said, what about Malcolm Butler's and $60 million? Is that a big move? I literally had said right before you said that, free agents, you can consider big moves because they come outside of your team. Okay. You weren't listening. Okay. So the Titans make big moves, right? Do the Titans, does John Robinson make big moves as a Titans GM? And yes I, or no? I believe that this particular commenter is saying a move like this there is something no- that the Titans have never done to trade for a big time player to get them into a big time game. Because Hall of Fame players don't go on the trading block that often. That's why. That's why, because you're looking in, a, in the needle in a haystack when you're talking about big moves. It happens. Charles Haley was traded to the Dallas Cowboys to win a championship. Hall of Famer. It's rare, dude. You just referenced a dude from 25 years ago. It's You asked for an example, I gave you one. The fact that you had to go 25 years ago to pull out the answer is the point. It doesn't happen. I gave it to you three seconds after you said it. That's okay. It doesn't happen that often. That, again, the fact that you could not come up with an ideal situation from three years ago is the point. From three years ago. Oh, what do you think the, the Bucks tried to do that with Antonio Brown? Now, he derailed his Hall of Fame career with his antics, but it's the same concept. So it happened a year ago with a big-time player trying to get them over the hump and going after him. Was that a trade? No, it was a free agent. Again, it's considered a big move. That's what we defined it as. You defined big move as a player that you right. you you signed that was already on your team. All right, Zach, the Titans make big moves. Whether they're trades or whether they're free agent signings, the Titans and John Robinson make big moves. That's the end of the discussion. I don't categorize the feel of the overall NFL if I said, who makes big moves? I don't automatically think of the Tennessee Titans. Well, because nobody automatically I'm, thinks that, that that's my Titans. justification of okay. the answer. All right. All right. Let's just move on to the magic bucket because this is about to get ridiculous and redundant and go- spinning circles. All, all right. right. Bobby's right. I mean, Hall of Fame guys. There's two well, of them. You had to go 25 years ago to ask. You asked me and I immediately gave you one. Yeah. Oh, sorry ago. you didn't like the answer, but it was right. All right. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and get to the magic bucket here live on the show. Magic Bucket Thursday before, uh, but first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination uh, for comprehensive and orthopedic sports medicine care. Whenever an injury happens in life, make sure you know who to go to and who to trust with that injury and with your health. That's the Bone & Joint Institute, over a dozen doctors right there in Franklin, in that beautiful facility that does everything there, clinics, imaging, Testing, surgeries, rehab, all in one place, boneandjointtn.org. I'm doing it, BMO. Uh, it's a great time. I'm bringing out the stress draw. Thank God. <laughs> you, do your breathing exercises so you can get uh, less stressed and we can get back on track here. 
You feel better? Have you read the directions on the stretch draws yet? Yeah, I don't have the time <laughs> to, to do the full stress straw act, activity or exercise because I got stuff to do. Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, that, that's kind of how my life works. I don't have time for stress straws sometimes. And the time I do have t- time, I take a couple of breaths, get in, get out, get on with life. Well, I have the perfect sticker for the bucket today. <laughs> I just bought this sticker because I figured we're probably going to need this at some point. Uh, but boy, that escalated quickly. So that is the sticker that's going on the bucket today because our conversation on what the hell a big move is in the NFL is, boy, that escalated quickly. I think it's perfect. Uh, and we haven't had – that was – I mean, it was a discussion. But, you know, that's why I love the show is a comment can send this show into a tizzy. You know, Mike Clay responding to a tweet can send this show into a tizzy. Yeah, Mike Clay got beat down pretty good by Titans. His mentions it. definitely blew up. All right, so I am, I am pulling – Ah, for you or for me? I'm pulling for you right now. They're all tangled up. All right. This is for Zach. It's interesting. Make a sound of my choice tomorrow throughout the show. I will have to text you that sound I want you to make before the show tomorrow. <clears throat> so does that make sense? I'll read it again. Well, yeah, I, I made it. So yes, it does. Make yeah. Sense. But I wanted to read it. So maybe they, everybody else can understand. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, make a sound of my choice throughout the show tomorrow. And I have to text Zach that sound, uh, before the show tomorrow. So I get to come up with that. So, you know, if you guys want to tweet me some suggestions, I'm open to it, but. I think that could be. Well, yeah, fun. and I think the best part is is that they won't know. I, I, I do think Austin. I think you need to come up with like ten because I know most of these because I put put in like twenty five. Oh, uh, ten. Well, I I just put in like twelve before you put in twenty something. So like, I mean, we've already gone through the ones that I put in. It was just it was just not at the same time. <clears throat> so all right. This let's see the- if let's see if the chat can catch on to what sound it is. Yeah. Or the people that aren't listening to today's show and that will watch tomorrow's show, them being like, what's going on? What you gotta do? I have to go grab a dog toy and put it in my mouth. <laughs> Tough scene. Yeah, this is not great. All right. I gotta climb out of my spot here. I don't know what kind of toys you're working with, so I'm actually curious about this. Uh, they're good toys. They've also just been used a lot. Well, yeah, you, you, you have a two dogs. Two dogs. Two dogs. A lot of slobber. A lot of fun. I will be right back. <laughs> Wait, I do have a. I could describe a new toy that hasn't been used yet because that was not defined. You could do whatever you want. I mean, if, new- if, if, if you do that, I'm going to do that. I always have new toys unlocked. So you could do whatever you want. The goal of this was to be a used toy. All right. But- I will stick. I will stick with the original idea and the and I will suck it up and go grab a used toy. It doesn't say used. Well, maybe that was my fault, but that's your fault. But you know what? I'm going to stick with, uh, I'm going to stick with the origin of what you were trying to do. So I, I will be right back. You can entertain yeah. the masses. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with Kim. No, no new toy. 
so uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, this has been a great show so far. We appreciate your interaction, everything that you guys do. We've got big plans going up. Uh, I I thoroughly believe that Austin was wrong in earlier's argument. Um, big moves. I don't think he was listening at some point. I, I think that he turned his ears off and he got misconstrued of what we define big move as. And so that kind of hampered him. And then he didn't like my Charles Haley reference, which was really a perfect reference of trading a Hall of Fame player to win a Super Bowl. So um, those are my thoughts. All right, I'm back. All right, so I'm back plugged in. Okay. So I have grabbed uh, my dog Sophie's favorite stuffy. Um, it's very well loved. She sleeps, sleeps. Yeah, she sleeps with this moose uh, reindeer. With reindeer. the nose is gone, the stomach has been split open. But <laughs> this is an old toy. Uh, you really went. You you really went old toy. Right well, there. I mean, this is this is literally her favorite toy that she like snuggles and sleeps with. So I'm just gonna have to do it. All right. Very fuzzy. Very fuzzy. You're not going to dig inside and rip the, the no, stuffing No, I'm not going to make it snow. Because <laughs> uh, uh, uh. it, it's gross. I mean, it's nasty. It's like yeah, a, little, a little hairy. A little hairy. Little hairy. But you know what? I, I get dog hair and everything in my house, so it's not like I've never tasted dog hair before. But there you go. I did it. Do you clean up dog hair each week? Is that like a part I of your... I sweep the floors every day. Oh. Oh. It's part of... Uh, it's yeah, like, I, figured, I figured as much. It's kind of just... like my stress straw. Like sweeping the floors <laughs> is therapeutic to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I got a straw for that. Yeah, but again, there's something about like... I, I'm not a vacuum person. I'd rather get the broom and dustpan out and sweep. It's it. There's more satisfaction with sweeping up things than just vacuuming you're you're write it down guy not surprising <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i use a pin uh not the technology so why would i use the technology of a vacuum no exactly all right guys <laughs> i do have a robot back but the dogs are also very uh untrusting of the robot back and, and not really sure what to do with it so and robot vacuums just mess everything up they knock water balls over. They get caught in cords. They robot water bottles. What water are water bowl, balls doing water on the bowls. floor? Dog bowls. Oh, water bowls. Water I just said bottles. No, like, water bowls. Yeah, they, no, robot vacs just run into everything. And well, that's, that's what they're designed to do. <laughs> I, I know. But, all right. So we will, we will see you guys tomorrow on a Friday where Zach will have to make some type of noise and I'll have to come up with that. So we'll see you guys later. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Don't forget the Tighten Up Podcast has a new episode out uh, in the A to Z Sports uh, Podcast Network. So we'll see you guys later on. Appreciate it. Adios.